Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Once a week, I have lunch at Commander's Palace and invite guests from the world of New Orleans business to join me. There are fleets of vehicles buzzing around the streets that you often curse at when you're a driver. They pull out in front of you, they drive too fast, they go too slow, they stop in the middle of the street when they feel like it, but when you want one, you expect them to show up immediately anytime you call them. I'm talking about cop cars and taxi cabs. In New Orleans, taxi operators, city government, and the police department have an interesting relationship. In the past, accusations of corruption reverberated throughout both the police department and the taxi industry. Today, city government is reforming the police department, and it's unleashing a new world of regulation on taxi cabs that got taxi cab companies and drivers upset enough to drag the city into court. Now, today on Out to Lunch, we're going to take a look at what's going on inside the taxicab business and also find out about a brand new relationship that's starting up between cab drivers and cops called Taxis on Patrol, a kind of neighborhood watch on wheels, if you will. Uh, My guests on Out to Lunch today are both well-versed in this uniquely New Orleans tangled taxicab universe. Cherie Kerner is a member of the oldest family in the New Orleans taxicab business. Seventy years ago, Cherie's grandfather was one of the founders of United Cabs, and Cherie and her family have been in the the cab business uh, ever since. Uh, Cherie has been the president of United Cabs and recently started up her own taxi company, Nolan's Cabs. Uh, Jack Collada is the managing partner of the Collada Law Firm and the lead counsel for a class action suit that a thousand New Orleans taxicab operators have brought against the city of New Orleans to try and slow down the regulatory revolution that's reforming the cab industry. Jack, Cherie, uh, first of all, thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. Well, thank you, Peter. Thank and you. Yeah, this is, is going to be good. Cherie, I've been, uh, been reading about this subject for the last week or so, so I'll start off with a few questions. There's a lot of ground to cover here today. We'll talk about taxis on patrol in a minute. But first, let's kick off with the current state of the taxi industry in New Orleans. The city has, it seems, fundamentally changed the way New Orleans taxis operate. As I understand it, cab owners who have licenses to operate a cab have been told by the city that their licenses, which were valued at around $70,000, are now worth nothing. Um, At the same time, the city is demanding that owners spend money upgrading their cars to include bells and whistles like GPS and credit card billing. I've heard cab drivers say that they're being squeezed out of the business and the taxi fleet is going to shrink as a result of the new regulations, making it worse for the consumer trying to get a cab not better. But, Cherie, you have reportedly come out in favor of the city's position, and I can understand why you support upgrading the quality of cabs, but perhaps you could explain the sudden devaluation in the operating licenses and what the logic is uh, and what are the new benefits from what the city's proposing, Cherie? Well, if it was really, if the market value was really 70000 and, you know, they, they have delusions of seeing it going up to 130000 I have six. That would definitely benefit me. I'm not for that, okay? Because the driver would not be able to actually pay the revenue to the CP and C holder in order to make 
a living, <laughs> you know. I guess you would have to actually erode everything down to slave wages, and it just is just unreasonable in a market, you know, if we're really supposed to be, if it's about delivering a service, or is it about a higher tier person making money on it, you know. So I'm not in favor of it, even though it would um, it, it would uh, d directly benefit me if they... And sure, let me just ask, you, your new company, the Nolens Cab Company, mm -hmm. these are, um, I see them, they're bright, shiny, what is it, they're 2013 Priuses and um, and Siennas. Okay, and New Orleans deserves the best. <laughs> okay, and Jack, as I understand it, the case that you and the taxi cab operators have brought against the city is on behalf of the owners uh, of the operating licenses, uh, CPNCs as they're technically known, and there are around a thousand people who own 1,500 CPNCs. Does this include every taxi cab driver in New Orleans? Because some cabs are already compliant with the new reg regulations, and are there drivers or CPNC holders who have opted out of the class action? I'm asking because presumably uh, uh, you if you lose this case against the city, the only cabs that will legally be on the road in a few weeks will be the drivers who have already uh, complied. Is that correct? Somewhat. Okay. Um, let me say that I understand Ms. Kerner, uh, on behalf of the estate of her family, chose to withdraw from the class action that we have pending. And I, it's important to note that it's pending. All that's happened thus far is that both Judge Fallon has issued a ruling on a preliminary injunction basis, and then that has been brought to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. And in 10 days, we have a status conference to pick trial dates and to get going. This case is going to go to trial. They are CPNCs here in Louisiana, okay? And whether they will move to medallions might be the next thing that should happen. New York has medallions, and that's, there's no doubt that that is a property interest. And in our humble judgment, there's no doubt that CPNCs have always been a true property right. They have been handed down from generation to generation, as in Ms. Kerner's family. They have been sold. They've been encumbered. They've been traded. There's been liens on them. All this was presented, and, the, and Judge Fallon believed at the trial level that, in fact, we were correct. They are property rights. Now, Jack, when we get back to the, the part about just kind of upgrading the fleet, and Sheree, yeah. sure too, I mean, um, you know, I always, I travel a lot, and when you go into a city, this sort of like the look of the airport and that first cab you get in sort of sets the tone for what you think of a town. I mean, um, do you both agree that we need some upgrades? or I think that we would both agree. The fundamental difference, as we've been saying to the courts, as we've been saying to the media, as we've been pleading to the city about, is the timing. In Chicago, they took three years to implement a new plan. In Washington, they took four years. In New Orleans, from the date of the passage of the ordinance until the date that the city wanted it implemented was 94 days. This is a massive economic burden on hardworking men and women of the taxi industry that simply cannot afford it. And we think it's constitutionally wrong. It's an unconstitutional taking, and that's what we've alleged in our class action. We, the taxi industry, including my clients, understand that it's changing, and we all want it to be better. What we want, though, is equipment that is fairly priced, technologically current, and easy to install. Unfortunately, the city's mandates require none of those things. They're, be, they're requiring hardwired material. There are cities all over the country. Our research tells us that there's approximately 27,000 smartphone usages for 
this kind of software that can be utilized. They want hardware. They want equipment that's twice as much as it should be to install, and it takes days. One of the biggest problems we have with time is in fact that the installers are backed up for weeks and now months, I understand, to get this done. The problem from a United standpoint and many others is that we have a January 31st deadline. Technically, Malachi Hall, the Director of Safety and Permits, could pull United cabs off if January 31st they don't meet all of these very onerous Condition. Now, is this something for the Super Bowl? Is that what that? Is That's that where the what we understand that both the tourism industry, uh, Mayor Landrew, and others want. And I commend the mayor and the city council for trying to put the best foot forward for our city. However, we've had nine very successful Super Bowls. We didn't put any industries out of business, and that's what's at risk here. And, 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 and I can tell you from what I understand to be the experience, when they brought, tried to bring people in at the last minute that were, don't understand the sit streets of the city of New Orleans, it was a disaster. I'd like to address something that Mr. Collada said, okay. okay? Because as president of United Cab, I did a strategic plan based on the um, ordinances that were proposed by the mayor. And although he's saying that it would um, put a burden on the drivers from a financial standpoint, it's actually incorrect. United and I had a, a, a philosophy difference because they, by all means, did not want to comply. So that's the reason why they hired um, Mr. Davis and Mr. Collada to pursue it, and that's why I got recalled, because I wanted to pursue it, you know, the, um, the upgrades. But... The amount of money that they've paid um, to the law firm um, to defend this could have actually paid for the installation for the entire fleet and put $70,000 in their pocket. So they would have come out ahead. And not only that, when you put the cameras in and you see that your premiums, you know how in these particular instances, your premiums are going to go down. And if you do go city to city and talk to people that have these kind of programs, they're saving 30%, which in United Cab's case would be $420,000 a year. Her comment that she disagrees with the financing is just simply inappropriate, okay, because she chose and has the wherewithal to either borrow the money or mortgage her house to go get all these new cabs. Age is one of the most important things in this litigation. We don't think it's right that suddenly the city can say your cab has to be 11 years old, and then after a few years it has to be five years old. Five years, it takes a long time to pay for a cab, and for these cabbies who are working so hard to make ends meet, to say you need a new cab every five years, it's an a tremendous financial burden that should not be. And I'll give you an example. The only expert that testified in the trial thus far called these things, first, an instrument of value, okay? Secondly, he said, with regard to age, it is not number of years that makes sense. It's mileage. And doesn't that make sense? Because you could have a five-year-old Hyundai that has 350,000 miles on it, and in accordance to the city, it's fine. Or you could have my... 2002 S-Class Mercedes that's in perfect shape as a wonderful taxi, but my car couldn't be used. Does that make sense? For people that aren't in the business, I mean, how many different cab companies are in New Orleans? Is it, uh, is it a, and what's the market share? Who runs what? Uh, you know, I, 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 what is it, like roughly 20, but there's, you know, right. a bunch the of The largest small, is, is my client's yeah. United Cab. We have 440 And that would CPNC. be, what percentage of the market would that About be? A third, About a third, 1,551 okay. right. CPNC. To have a, to drive a taxi in New Orleans, you have to have a CPNC. 
So there's 1,551. Not to own the cab, but to drive it. That's correct. Okay, all right. No, no, no. To, okay. License. To, to have the license, okay. and you need then a permitted driver. But so there's 1,551 CPNCs. There's likewise 1,551 cabs, or should be. Now, and that number may go way down if the city does not reach out, as we've been begging them to do, reach out and try and negotiate a reasonable extension of time. We are facing the Super Bowl. They want, in one breath, everything to look great, but they're putting the pressure on people to do things that are financially going to break them. People in the business for years are getting out. They've taken away, unconstitutionally, their property rights. This, is, this has been a uh, 401k plan for some older people who can't drive anymore. I mean, this was the American dream. You could come to this country, drive a cab, save your money, buy a CPNC for $25,000, $35,000, and own your own company. Now, again, the only expert at the trial testified that the value of these CPNCs on the low end, $40,000, and the high end, $67,000, okay? Ms. Kerner doesn't, says this is, is financially a good thing for the drivers. Well, if you do the math, Peter, 40000 the low side, times 1551 is just north of $62 million. If you get the 67000 times 1551 it's over $100 million the city of New Orleans is taking from the hard-working men and women of this city and that industry. Jack, let me ask you, and ask you both, because for somebody that just takes cabs and doesn't know what's going on, is there, is there a set number of cabs, or can anyone get in there? Is there, you know, for, since, for instance, there's some, in some industries, there's a certificate of need, you know, that they have a fixed amount of uh, number of hospital beds, for instance. Is there a fixed number of cabs, or can anyone, can that number increase or decrease? Well, technically, we believe that inadvertently the cap of 1600 was removed so as we sit today there is no cap but the industry uh i think all would concede that if it gets over 1600 there's gonna be a problem i I hope that the city council addresses that and fixes that inadvertent removal of that cap and i gather where you're going uh, probably a good segue into the 105 new cpncs that were offered by the city. We think there's a whole number of things wrong with that, but I'm going to let Ms. Kerner give her position on it. So, uh, you know, we, we, had a, we have 1,600 as a cap, but now there's another 100 or so that could come in. You, you'd think that would flood the market? There would be cabs that would not be able well, to? Well, you know, you could say that, but I bet anybody in the public right now listening to this show is going to say, they try to call United Cab or many other companies, but, you know, I mean, I'm familiar with Nolans and, and United Cab. 30 to 40% of their calls go unanswered. We, There's a few we, reasons we why. We disagree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, That's well absurd. then, just go ahead and look at the statistics like I did. Um, The drivers tend, there's there's retired um, drivers, okay, that just come out a a few hours in the the morning and then they go home. They just kind of tap a little bit of the cream and they're tired (laughs) and they go home. And then there's a lot of other drivers that don't even want to take the radio business. They prefer to sit at the uh, hotel because they prefer to try to get airport business. So that's causing a problem for the callers, the you know, the public to so the be able to hail a cab. So the reason, the reason that's important, Tree, is the um, that I shouldn't be looking at it as 1,600 cabs 24 that's hours right. a day. Okay, that's that's what. And let me get back to where we we were before this because. Taxis. Yeah, we, we teased it and then uh, wanted to get. Where did it come? Where did the idea come from? 
I want to do two things. Now, there's taxis on patrol, but that is to help save the public. Before the taxis on patrol, what I'm, I'm meeting with the um, police department, trying to encourage them to move forward with them, um, and I'm calling it the Billy Alert. I'm not sure what the name of it's going to be, but our drivers need to be protected because there's, um, there's a lot of research out there, like why do they kill cab drivers? Um, it's unbelievable that the, the motive of robbery is secondary to the primary um, motive is bragging. When that guy gets in the car, he is intending on killing that driver. So what I would like to do with um, the NOPD is to study this from the beginning of when, um, when the driver is getting ready to pick up someone, should he bail, <laughs> okay, by profiling, by making a determination um, based on statistics through the, um, through the United States. That's, that's very tricky area here you're talking about it, yeah. it but it but it is definitely true they you know gray areas profiling is also gray areas it's body language most of these killers kill a cab driver when they're by themselves almost all of them do and there's things that our drivers need to become aware of so that way they can you know avoid the killer getting in but if the killer gets in because there's one of them that you know like this guy right here he dressed up like a green beret <laughs> and killed a cab driver so you can't always you know go according to the uh, the typical but um, the first pilot of this should be actually to help the driver um, know how to save himself because once you're able to put that program in place and that's successful, then it's very easy to now become an outlet for the public because what's going to happen is you're going to end up becoming something that crooks try to avoid and the public try to approach, not just for transportation but also for safety because, you know, these guys um, can be trained just like police officers do on what to be aware of, just like a neighborhood watch program, but even, you know, more, um, you know, more tactical. So, so under your program, that would just be a little bit more, uh, more of an organized approach, you know, that mm -hmm. they would, and there would be a, a set, uh, a number they would call when they... No, actually, if you use the technology, if I'm successful at developing, um, you know, well, what I'm doing for my own cab company, um, it would it would be sensitive to the public if somebody's having a distress situation. It would be almost instantaneously skip the dispatcher and go straight to the police. I, I, I think it would be great if the city is working with the New Orleans, I mean uh, the New Orleans Police Department, the sheriff's office are all working with the cab industry. I don't think it should be publicized, and I don't think it should be something that's known. Well, let me let me just uh, make sure for our listeners we get all the the timeline straight. When will this this case be heard? I guess uh, usually cases in the Eastern District of Louisiana get to trial in about eleven months. We have done some discovery, so I would think it would probably be about eight or nine months uh, from the status conference. So hopefully this year. But you know, there's a lot of work to be done, and I think it'll depend on how much discovery, how far we have to travel to get the right experts, et cetera. And uh, we, we want it to happen in a way because what, what we have not had the full discovery and the full trial. We've only had a day and a half trial. When we get a full trial, it is our hope that both Judge Fallon and or the Court of Appeals will see that while we don't mind upgrading our cabs, please give us some time to do it, change the onerous age restriction, and we deserve and should have back our property rights. Shree Kerner, Jack Collada, you're both involved in a business that locals rely on to be there when we need it, and our vital tourist industry relies on as an essential element of our economy. Uh, driving a taxi is tough. There are low margins, long hours, hard work, 
and a significant element of risk, the business side of it, if you'll pardon the pun, has a lot of moving parts. <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing that with us today and some of the complexities of the taxi industry and giving us a look at what the future of the local cab universe might look like. Uh, thank you both for joining me on Out to Lunch today. Thank, thank you, Peter. Thank you. Uh, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Cherie Kerner, founder and president of Nolan's Cabs, and Jack Collada, managing partner of Collada Law Firm, lead counsel in the class action suit New Orleans taxicab operators are bringing against the city of New Orleans. To find out more about Nolan's Cabs, the Taxi on Patrol program, and Jack Collada, follow the links on our sites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Chris Keogh. Our web designer and digital guru is Dr. Cliff Brady. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. The great Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. And you can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City Commerce by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. Or you can get in touch with us and sign up for our mailing list at itsneworleans.com. And you can follow us on Twitter. We're at It's New Orleans. To listen to past shows or get this show as a podcast, go to www.no.org or itsneworleans.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. Until we meet around the table here again at Commander's Palace, I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937. Now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc.